Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ruby. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome back to anyone who has been away over the holiday break. Uh, and welcome as well to any new people this morning. Uh, I'm Tom, and I've been coming to this church for a number of years, and I'm part of the young adults community here. As uh, Ruben said, I interned last year, so this is uh, definitely my church home, so it's good to be here. Uh, Over this summer period, we've been moving through a series called Songs for Summer. We've been hearing from a big range of people from our community uh, who have been taking us through the Psalms, and last week we heard from a good friend of mine, Jake Kendrew, uh, who spoke on Psalm 96, and this morning we'll be opening up Psalm 150, which is the very last Psalm in the book. And with that in mind, I hope you are as keen as I am to hear about praise this morning. Yeah? No? Maybe? Um, I'm going to show a photo up on the screen, if that's all good. Yeah, this, this is probably more accurately describing the way I've been feeling towards this sermon. Uh, preparing more mentally than anything else, as you can imagine. This is actually me on the day of my Auntie Sam and Uncle Tom's wedding, about 16 years ago. It was a very joyous day, but clearly not for me. Uh, yeah. See, I'd been given the role of page boy, and I was made to dress up and walk down the aisle uh, with my older sister, Lily, who was the flower girl. It's quite a good name for a flower girl as well, I thought. Uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's worse is that I had to hold Lily's hand. Um, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, Yeah, I've, I've since recovered, thankfully, and, and that day I learned one thing about myself that's been a running theme in my life ever since. I can't stand being up the front. <sighs> Over the years, school productions and musical performances have really been the thorn in my side. I haven't been looking forward to being up here either, But it's more than just the mild dislike of having all eyes on me. Uh, I can get over that. It's not the end of the world. Um, But as I've read Psalm 150, I felt like I've got nothing genuine to say. And so what I've dreaded most of all is getting up here and telling you something that I couldn't quite convince myself with. You know, Psalm 150 is about praise, and I, I think praise is good, and I think there's a lot of truth in the psalm now. Um, but at first, I, I didn't quite get it. See, Psalm 150 has made me feel this way because after all the heartache uh, and disbelief in the psalms, it tells us that a natural conclusion for the book is a psalm purely of praise. Not just one, in fact, but five, with 150 being Uh, the summit of that send-off to the Psalms. I'm the first one to admit praise is not something I find easy all the time. I feel like the words I'm singing or 
the prayers of praise that I could pray to God are conflicting with the doubts that I have in my head and the sin that I have in my life. It's not easy coming to a place where we can openly accept all that God has done for us. Yeah, for me, praise is tricky, but Psalm 150 just hasn't sat right with me. It just doesn't seem true to the rest of the Psalms. It doesn't line up. I don't find it relatable or attainable. But yet, somehow, I've come to really like Psalm 150. So that's good. The Psalms, right? They're a collection of songs and poems and prayers written by many different authors. And they're unique because they run alongside actual events, showing us the prayers and hopes and feelings of real people towards God and towards their situation. And so the uniqueness of the Psalms is that they're purely about human perspective. You can see many places in the Bible where God and humanity interact, but here the interaction is more one-sided. It's as if God is letting these Jewish authors have their say and kind of holding back what he has to say. When we read the Psalms, we don't just get to go, yeah, those, those Jewish people, they were, they were so silly, because, you know, we don't get to read a script from God about what he would have to say to us. We get to know uh, exactly what they're thinking about their thoughts and perspectives as they wait to see how God responds. And that makes the Psalms a deeply relatable book to read. So does Psalm 150 line up? Is it realistic? And if so, how can we relate to it? Let's pray. Hey Lord, thank you for this day. And we thank you that you guide people in the doors here each week so that we can have our hearts turned to you. Lord, praise is so special and we want to praise you genuinely. So Lord, would you help us do that? Thank you for your word, which you used to teach us. And thank you for the Holy Spirit, which you've given us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we come to Psalm 150, the last one in the Psalms, and it's purely of praise. We're going to jump right into it, so feel free to open up your Bibles, otherwise it should be up on the screen. Yep. Praise the Lord, it says. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a lot of praise. Among the Psalms, we read about elated highs declaring the mighty work that the Lord does. David writes in Psalm 8, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. And in Psalm 9, I give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. So from this, we know that there's great joy and thanks in the Psalms. There are times when the Lord does exactly what his people have asked for, just like here in Psalm 8 and 9. That's a pretty amazing feeling, right? We pray out to God, and he does what we ask for. 
It really brings us closer. Further on, we read Psalms about pain, hopelessness, despair, anger, doubt, and disbelief. Psalm 88 verse 7 says, Your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with your waves. Pretty hardcore, eh? The psalm talks about day and night crying out to the Lord and hearing no answer. Again, here's a psalm that refers to one person's experience where despite their distress, they call out to the Lord anyway, trying to trust that he will respond. And that's pretty typical of the experience uh, of the Jewish nation that we read about in times of the Old Testament as well. First, the enslavement of the Jews in Egypt. The oppression of the Jews by various nations during the Judges. Or even when the king of Babylon besieged Jerusalem, taking control of the nation of Judah and defeating the king. During these times, you could imagine the Jewish nation crying out, using similar language to Psalm 88. Lord, you're just overwhelming us. Where are you? We can't see or hear you doing anything. There were times when God didn't do what his people wanted. And that's pretty tough as well. But we really see the importance of the Psalms through these examples. We're not only seeing the perspectives of one person, we're hearing from God's people, the people living under Torah. These Psalms, they, they show reality. They're truthful and honest. And the reality of life for these people is that there were times when they were thankful to God and other times when they weren't. And as we've just read, Psalm 150 is full praise. You might be like beginning to understand how uh, I originally felt about this psalm, right? Our passage is actually a doxology, and they're used to close out a service of worship on a note of pure praise. Uh, they're almost like a summary of the service. And the psalmist has been very intentional, and I find it interesting that it's been done in this way. We have a purely praise psalm, and I just don't know if that quite makes sense to summarize the whole book. Fortunately, by looking a little bit deeper, I think we'll get to see a bit more. We start off in verse 1 with a declaration. It's being made known that God is the one to be praised, and it says, praise the Lord. Good, right? We go further, and again, the psalmist is declaring that God be praised, but this time in his sanctuary and in his mighty heavens. Remember, the sanctuary is this room inside the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. The psalmist is saying, praise God inside the temple and praise him outside. Praise him everywhere. In verse 2, it's declared to praise God for his deeds, his deeds, right, what he does, and his excellent greatness, who he is. So why is God praised? God's praised for what he does and who he is. That's what the psalmist is saying. Then from verse 3 to 5, the psalmist declares, Praise him with these musical instruments, with dancing and with loud noise. Praise him with trumpet sound, it says. Praise him with lute and harp, with tambourine and dance, with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals and with loud clashing cymbals. How do we praise the Lord? The psalmist says, Praise him in every way. 
Finally, in verse 6, the psalmist declares, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And that's everyone, right? The Psalms are accounts of God's Jewish nation, these Torah-living people, and it's clear Psalm 150 doesn't actually sum up what's in the Psalms. It doesn't. But it does do something else. Psalm 150 is more about giving us a natural end result of a life under Torah. Psalm 150 is saying to us that the intended result of Torah living is ultimately praise. And it's natural because the law of God wasn't laid down to his people just for the sake of obedience, but of showing his people who he is. God wants his people to recognize him. And that's what Psalm 150 is. It's a psalm of recognition. I like to think of it as an old and wise champion of faith who has lived through ups and downs and consequently has formed a deep relationship with God. And then the outcome is that our psalm can't deny that only God deserves our praise. It doesn't praise God out of ignorance like I thought because it certainly seemed that way at the start. It praises God united with the other 149 psalms. And that gives it more meaning, right? We ask it, where is the Lord praised? And it tells us, praise the Lord everywhere. We ask, why is the Lord praised? And it tells us, because of what he does and who he is. We ask, how do we praise the Lord? And it tells us, in every way. We ask, who should praise the Lord? And it tells us, everyone should praise the Lord. Psalm 150 is a psalm of recognition but what does this mean for us? Firstly, we're not always going to feel like we can honestly praise God. Maybe you're at a place where you fail to see or feel the value in church worship or in community or in prayer or in Bible reading. Maybe you are having financial trouble or issues in your relationships a loved one has passed away or you're struggling to find any way past your sin and you don't see God working in any of it. I know there's plenty going on around the world and in our country at the moment. I can think of the flooding in Auckland, massive inflation and high living costs due to COVID. There's a war in Ukraine and horrible things going on in Afghanistan. If you hear anything about the work that Open Doors is doing, you'll know there are lots of tough situations out there for people. All these things make it really conflicting to read the psalm about praise and hear praise God for what he does and who he is. But actually, Psalm 150 is reminding us that we can still praise God, not ignoring those, those things, but despite them. It's a psalm of hope. And these things are the reason we need to cling on to God more tightly, right? Not the reason for stopping our praise. And you know, before I mention what this life of Torah leads to, it leads to recognition for who God is. But Torah doesn't really seem to mean too much to us. Um, anyway, um, for us, our faith and life of journeying with God 
our quest to recognize him for who he is always starts with Jesus. John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. It would suck if we couldn't know who God was, but Jesus makes that possible. He reveals who the Father is to us, and that's good. Jesus reveals who God is, but he does even more than that because he's also at the heart of God's acts in the world as well. It's pretty a unique spot to be. He reveals who God is, but he's also what God does too. His life, death, and resurrection are not just means to forgive us of sin. Jesus' life and works are the very beginning acts of God's new creation. There's this idea among Christians, and I, I really, really like it, called the already, but the not yet. It's this idea that, yeah, we live in a broken world. We've been freed, but we've been freed from this brokenness uh, by the act of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, the first beginning act of new creation. And that's a reason for praise, right? It changes the way we think about lots of things. It's no longer a, a downhill battle. It changes the way we think about nature, about the people we work with, about justice in the world. It changes everything from top to bottom. We're not laboring away for no reason. We have a role in God's mission to restore creation and the things we do they actually have lasting significance. And that's all because of the life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. However, we still see plenty of traces of our formerly broken world still around, and we're part of God's kingdom now, absolutely. But God's kingdom won't come to its full extent until sometime in the future. And I think that really embodies the kind of praise we want to have and the kind of praise that's shown in Psalm 150. This all-out, all-recognizing praise to God for who he already is and what he's done, despite us not always seeing the full picture. And lastly, I think of Jesus as the perfection of this kind of praise. Jesus was more human than any of us. If he had God's heart for people and God's love for people, then he loved and was more passionate and emotional than any human out there. And that means that what he felt while he was being betrayed and attacked and abused by people that he saw as the children of God would have been pretty massive. I find it hard to comprehend. Yet over and over, while knowing his fate, Jesus treated people like they were made in God's image. And they are, right? Jesus' life was not easy, but he still chose to praise God and the way he lived. And that makes his praise infinitely more valuable to God, right? So for us here today, what can we do? We know what Psalm 150 means to us. It means that we always have reason to praise, no matter what we're going through, and Jesus is both our reason and our example. But what do we do about it? Essentially, we praise, 
And, you know, I could have just started with that because that's what the psalm says. Uh, but any worship leader will tell you that, you know, praise is a lifestyle. So there actually are lots of ways to praise, but I think it's true. The cool thing about faith is it's not one-dimensional. It affects every aspect of our lives, and there are endless ways to praise God. The way I do it is different from the way you guys do it. After all, he continued, he created and continues to sustain everything we see in this world moment by moment. That's reason for praise. But if you don't know where to start, consider that inside each person around you, in this room, is a character that has been designed after God's own heart. There's a little, a little nugget of godly character inside them. Consider it praise to look past some of their traits that might put you off them. And let Jesus' example transform the way you relate to people here, at home, at work, at school. Consider it praise to be generous with your time and money. And if it's still a struggle... Try to remember that God loves the people that you love. I think that's one of my favorite things about God is when I can look at my friends and my family and a lot of them are here and just think that God loves them. And it makes me think, yeah, God's got his, his head screwed on. And to me, that's plenty of reason to praise in what we do, and in the songs we're about to sing. Lastly, I want to touch on an aspect of this passage that I've left out. It's not just theological truth, but Psalm 150 is a song. song to convey a lot more than just words. The ideas and feelings and expressions left by the sounds produced by musical instruments convey infinitely more than words can. And so as I invite the worship team back up, I encourage every, anyone to not, uh, let not only the words wash over us, uh, but the music, the sounds. And like Psalm 150, let it be praise to God in ways that sometimes we can't convey. Let it be the kind of praise that God deserves, even when we feel like it's a bit ingenuine sometimes. But knowing that one day, we will be able to feel it as much as we know it. And I think that's praise in God's eyes. Let's pray. Hey Lord, uh, thank you for praise. Thank you that we have the opportunity to lift our eyes above um, our situations and our selfishness at times. And think about this world that, you, that you've created and that you continue to sustain. But I thank you especially for the people here in this church. Thank you for uh, the worship that we get to sing. And we thank you for this day. We just give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. 
If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.